We go up to the judge. She has my case. She opens this manila folder. And I'm like, there it is. There it is. Like, I'm this close. So then she proceeds to, to go through and she says that, you know, I have your information here, but you can't have it. Who am I? 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 This is Who Am I Really? A podcast about adoptees that have located and connected with their biological family members. Hey, it's Damon. And on today's show, I was lucky to be joined by my old friend, Andre. We've known one another for more than 25 years going back to high school. And at that time as young men, we both discovered that the other was adopted too, and we were instantly connected. In our conversation, you'll hear some of that old school brotherly love, but you'll also hear some really poignant moments when the fact that he's an adoptee was revealed to his brother, and the difficult news he learned about how he came into the world. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me, Dan. Of course, man. So glad you could do it. My man. So tell me a little bit about your family growing up. Start from the beginning as a young guy. Tell me a little bit about you. I grew up in Framingham, Massachusetts. Great parents. Father's retired military. Uh, mom was an HR assistant for a digital equipment corporation. I have a younger brother, three years younger. What's yeah. his name? Yeah, Jason. We had a great life. I had no idea that my story would unfold the way it did mm -hmm. growing up with such great parents. You and Jason were close? Very close. And is Jason adopted also? He is not. He's my parents' biological child. So he's biological. He's biological. You're adopted. I'm adopted. And how was that? We didn't know. I didn't know that my mom couldn't have. Uh, she had a bunch of miscarriages um, that they had tried and tried and tried. So they went the adoption route. So, but I didn't find that story out until way later. So to be clear, you're the oldest. I'm the oldest, and Jason is younger. And than Jason's you. younger than me. Gotcha. And that was okay. Like, did he know? He, did you, he, when did you, so you found out? I found out that I was adopted when I was two and some change. They were pregnant with Jason. Oh. And I remember them sitting me down. It's really weird how you go back and you find these memories. But I remember that so vividly. I remember the little pajama set that I was wearing in the whole nine. And they sat me down and they were like, hey, mom's pregnant and we're going to have, you're going to have a sibling. But we want to let you know that you're ours, but you're not ours. We got you a different way. And they proceeded to explain it to me. But it's, it all stopped when they said that I'm theirs, but they got me a different way. Did they explain that at all? I mean, you're pretty young, so that's a... They explained it, and it just, it didn't hit me. It didn't hit me until later. So, Jason was born, and I remember, I remember before that, my birthdays, they were mine, and then Jason was born, it was my birthday, he was born in July, my birthday's in August. I remember everyone just, oh, the baby, the baby, the baby. Yeah. But it was my birthday. So, to get the attention back on me, I remember going in and putting my hand on the stove, on the little coils. And I straight burnt myself. Uh, you know, tension came back to me, but, you know, it was just, it was the weirdest thing. And I've always had that, you know, he's theirs in, you know, one of my, but I, 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 as I got older, I kind of just buried it. Yeah. I, I just, can imagine I that. just buried it. But did you, so you and Jason got along fine? We got along fine. But it was always in the back of your mind, it sounds like. It Not was always in the back of my mind. But Jason didn't know. He didn't know that I was adopted. So when did he find out? He found out that I was adopted. I was 15. Uh, we moved from Massachusetts to Columbia, uh, to Maryland. And the crazy thing is, is that that previous summer, we were in Mississippi with mm -hmm. my dad's father. And my 
grandfather, I'm a big guy and my family's really, really lean. So my grandfather, someone had said something to my grandfather in church and he said, yeah, that's the boy who's adopted. And my brother overheard that. Oh, he heard accidentally. He heard accidentally. So the whole way home on the ride, I convinced him that grandpa was crazy, Mm -hmm. that grandpa was crazy. So tried to dismiss it. I did. I absolutely did. So we got home and I pretty much squashed it with Jason. And he was like, okay, you're right. Grandpa's crazy. I told my mom and dad and they said, hey, it's up to you when you want to tell him. I said, I'm just not ready. I'm just not. He looks up to me so much. I'm just not ready for him to be part of that. What's the age difference for you guys? Three years. So I'm like, I'm just not ready for that. So when we moved here, I decided it was New Year's Eve, new beginnings. Let's start fresh. So we sat him down and told him. As a family. As a family. Mm -hmm. And it was the biggest mistake. Really? I was better off telling them the day that grandpa, because now I lied to him. Ah, yeah, that's interesting. Now I lied to him. Yeah, the truth early so that someone can grow with it. Yep. And And I've heard that with many adoptees. So now, you know, that day, that summer, we just should have just told him. It was ugly. Yeah. But we we got through it. you get over those things as a family. Right. As a family. And, you know, our relationship, it's it's Okay. Over the years, because he always looked, always looked up. He always looked up to your big brother. Yeah. And I was always there to protect him, always, even when we were kids. But just to hear that, like, I can make my own way without my big brother, who's really not my big brother, but is my big brother. It hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It was a kick in the teeth. Now, fast forward. You and I have found each other. Yes. Wild Lake High School, Columbia, Maryland. I graduated, what, 1990. So that's a long time ago. A long time. And I remember one of the things that we ended up bonding over was the fact that we were both adopted. Yes. But I was pretty open about it. And where were you? No one knew. No one knew. And why is that? Well, I just buried it. I didn't tell best friends. I had a close, close gym teacher, um, who I'm still close to this day, who knew. And that was it. And when she found out, my parents told her, I was hot. Really? Oh, I was hot. It's elementary school. Yeah. I was hot. I didn't want that. And those same people who... I called my friends for turning on this kid for being adopted. I didn't want that. Yeah, kids can be really mean. So, and when you've got a personal secret oh, like that. man. It and I just hard. buried it. But, you know, I can remember, I vaguely remember, if anybody who knows me well knows my memory is horrible. But I can vaguely remember the day that I said something about being adopted. And you mm-hmm. just came right out. Yep. You were like, I'm adopted too. Yep. Because I never had, well, first, the young child who, you know, the young guy who I befriended was a white kid. And... Everyone that I had seen that had been adopted, you know, their stories were so, it was Asian people or uh, white people adopting. You know, it was always, it wasn't interracial. Saying, it was always interracial. It was never black families adopting black children. Mm-hmm. That so was for, just so for the listeners, of. we're both African-American. It was, it's unheard of. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, people think adopted and what do they think of? At that time, they think of uh, different strokes. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> that was, you know. Yeah, that, that was what was on TV. adoption to like yeah. for a lot of people. It's like, a fair point. So- when you said it, and I was like, whoa, that's, um, I am too. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just so freeing of the soul yeah, to have imagine. a bond with someone who you look like. Yeah. And that they have two parents. You know, it was just, it was amazing. Yeah. I was like, oh. And it was like the biggest relief off my chest. That's cool. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your eventual desire to search for biological family members. Was it always there because of the more tumultuous beginning that you had in your mind of being adopted? Or was it something that you picked up over time, a curiosity? A lot of times I find when I talk to adoptees, they have this moment. Some of it is, for me, 
when my biological son was born, you know, I looked down at this dude. I was like, oh my God, you're the first biological relative I have ever known. And I made you, right? We created you out of love. This Absolutely. is spectacular. That's, that that was, was one of the really defining moments for me. What, what kinds of things went through your mind that, that made was, you? That was my epiphany was when I had my daughter. She was born in 2000. And when I had her, I was like, oh, man, like I could look at her and I could I could see my cheeks, my eyes, everything. My She's daughter, so is, my daughter is, is a spitting image of me. Mm. And it just was like, wow. But I still didn't do it. I thought about it. I really thought about it. Mm-hmm. And I talked to my wife about it. And my wife was the first girlfriend that I talked about. Oh, really? Yeah. That you was know, the first talked, relationship yeah, where you yeah, were in. Yeah, you I talked about it when we were dating and, you know, so... Fast forward to 2003, I have my son, and now I have two people who mm-hmm. look like me. And then the wheels start to turn, but I don't know if I want to head down that road. Why? Because you never know the circumstances in which you were given up. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, and also, it was also, I felt like it was a, I didn't want to dig my parents. Yeah. I a little want, protective of them. Was, I, my parents gave me an, a great, a great life. I didn't want it for anything. So to have those people who... We're there for your bumps and bruises and your games and your highs and your lows yeah. through life. Now you're going to turn around and have this exhaustive search for this person who gave you up. But that person also has a story. That's right. You wouldn't be in existence were right. it not for Absolutely. this other person. Absolutely. So, I had the same feelings too. There was a, there was a, I always think of it as I have two great parents. Yep. Why do I need a third? Why do I need a third? Yep. So I, I'm totally with you on that. What? What were the what steps did you take? Like you, you finally come to the conclusion. I finally came to the conclusion. It was uh, 2005. I decided I was 33. I decided that you know what I'm going to do this, and I talked to my wife really hard about it. So she was like, "Well, you got to talk to your mom and dad." Mm-hmm. And I had to have that conversation with my with adoptive parents, and I said, "Hey, look, you know, I would like to to look." They're like, "Okay, we told you this when you were younger. You mm-hmm. know, that's your." journey it's what if you want you know whatever you need from us so i said you know what was the agency and Mm -hmm. i said i gotta start from square one so they gave me the adoption agency so i held that for like a month i just you know my wife was like what are you gonna do sit on it and i was like yep it's completely content with just sitting on it yeah it's like you can't do that you you made that step you know i said you're right so then i called them i called uh dss in boston so i decided to to make a call and I talked to DSS and they said that that agency is no longer in existence. So they actually uh, put me with a social worker. Her name is Sheila Frankel. I talked to Sheila and I told her, you know, what I wanted to do and how, you know, what do I need to do? What are the steps? And she's like, yes, well, you know, you need to petition the courts. Mm-hmm. You, were, you were born in Massachusetts. You know, the years that you were born, those adoption records are sealed for 100 years. 100 years. 100 years. Because they don't want anything getting out. They don't want, you know, that was, that's... There's parental protection of their identity. Absolutely. There's your own protection. Exactly. As you've bonded with your adopted parents. So they do it to protect everybody. You know, they never think that when you you put a child up for adoption that they're going to want to seek and it's just Pandora's box. You know, it's a funny thing too, just thinking about the timing of that. I mean, a hundred years, that's... It's ridiculous. That's longer than most people live. They're basically saying in you'll, law, you'll never, you'll, you'll never, never, you'll ever. never, ever. So we made a date. It was 2006 and it was St. Patrick's Day. We wound up going up to Massachusetts, staying with a friend, one of my high, uh, childhood friends who didn't know I was adopted. 
Oh, really? Didn't, had no clue. And I told him, he was like, are you kidding me? Had no clue. So it was like this whole big, like, and we just reconnected after 20 years. So and here I am, you know, growing up with this guy and I'm coming back 20 years later. And now I'm telling you that I'm trying to look for my biological. He's like, Gee, oh my gosh, this right. is nuts. I've known you this long I've known you and this I'm only long, learning this. And yeah. I'm only learning this now. Yeah. So we drive into Boston, St. Patrick's Day, and we didn't realize it was St. Patrick's Day. And the judge who actually had my case had gone for the day. So I go into the register and she's like, you know, that judge is gone. I said, you know, I, if I, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it again. Yeah. Because so you've made a trip. I made a trip. You're living in Maryland. You've made a trip Maryland. to Massachusetts. Yeah, made a trip to Massachusetts. You kind of need to do this I need to do now this. in town. So they said, you can talk with his assistant, his secretary assistant. And I said, okay. So I went in and I talked to her and I've got the gift of gab. Yeah, you do. I got the gift of gab. So I started surveying everything that this woman had on in her cubby. And it was nothing but German shepherds. Mm-hmm. So I said, that's my in. So I started talking about how much she loves her yeah. dogs and how I had a German <laughs> Shepherd, which I I did when I was younger, but I don't remember. It was my dad's dog. So you were making it up on I was the fly making it to up get on to the, the goal. Yeah. I was making it up on <laughs> the fly. And so I gave her a sob story and we bonded. She was like, let me see what I can do. Awesome. So she wind up getting me another appointment an hour later with another judge. And I was so thankful for her. So our hour comes, we go up to the judge. She has my case. She opens this manila folder and I'm like, there it is. It's like Pulp Fiction. When she opened it up, I could see the gold on her face, like Jules opening the briefcase. <laughs> that's that's my information. Yeah, that's, that's all my you. stuff. Yep. That's how I felt. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And I was like, there it is. Like I'm this close. Oh man. So then she proceeds to to go through and tell me the hundred years, the whole nine. And she says that, you know, I have your information here, but you can't have it. She shut the case. No more gold. Are you serious? <laughs> the, yeah. She turned the golden light off. That's it. Really? Absolutely. Why, why couldn't you have it? Because they wanted you to go through. You, there was this huge process. And now I petitioned it. They wanted me. I had to. Now I had to have someone from their court go in and do the legwork to help me get the hurdles. But mm-hmm. then I had the to legal pay, process. Right. That paid an investigator. All this. It was. It was a money scheme. But before I went up, my social worker, Sheila Franco, was like, look, she pretty much laid out what was going to happen. She's like, trust me, mm-hmm. I've been doing this a long time. What you want to do is tell them that you have a guardian. It's called a guardian of light and that you have someone who will work your case for you. And was she saying she was that person? Yes. She okay. was like, I'll do it for you. Oh, that's all. I was like, really? She was like, yes. So I actually take the judge off because I made her sign a document that they were going to release it to whom I wanted them to release it to. And the judge said she didn't need, I didn't need the signature, but I was like, look, judge, I don't mean any disrespect. Right. But I would love for you to sign anything that you could so I can find out, you know, who I am. She signed off and, uh, I got home and I called, I called Sheila and Sheila was like, okay, write me a letter. And what is the letter supposed to say? Just- the letter was pretty much my letter to my birth mother. Okay. With yeah, a picture. I did that. With, yeah. Mm-hmm. My letter to my birth mother. And I sent a picture of myself and my, and my kids. And I wrote the letter. And I actually had my wife help me write the letter because it was, it was, it was still hard that I'm, I'm chopping away at this huge, huge iceberg, but it's so big. Yeah. And what do you say do you in that say? first letter, right? What do you say to somebody yeah, you yeah. Haven't, who gave birth who to gave you? Who gave birth to you? You've never met. Never met. You're now 30 something years old. Right. There are so many stories you could potentially so tell. Many stories. But you just have to pick. Like, don't remember. Right. I don't remember what, what we said, say. but yeah. it was it was basic. God, 
It took me forever to write the letter to the point where Sheila was like, hey, look, if you don't write this letter, you know, I'm done. You know, we've been in this process for a minute now. How long, roughly? Like a year. So you were in, you had the, the option to write the introductory letter. Well, I had option to write, well, yeah, it took me three months to write the letter. It took me three months. But you didn't send it to Sheila. No. Took you a long time. Yeah, you hold on to that I stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that's literally potentially the key. That's the key. To whatever Pandora's box and, might hold. And it. I'll tell you right yeah. now, as soon as I sent the letter, I sent the letter in May. Mm-hmm. The day after Father's Day that year. So that June. That June. My wife calls me frantic and says, Sheila's trying to get a hold of you. Call her. So I called her. I said, Sheila, said, Andre, 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 I got great news. I found her. My heart, I, my ears started to ring. My hands got sweaty. I said, you found her? She's like, I found her. She called me. I sent her the letter and I have her number for you to call her. Wow. That's a huge moment, man. It's really crazy. So I got home from work that night and uh, I talked to her and we talked for like four hours. Four, it was crazy. Four hours of just back and forth and back and forth. She told me my name. I didn't realize that you have to name the name of the child. So my, mm-hmm. my birth name was Craig Leon. And one of the first questions out of my mouth was, is my birth date really August 31st? Did you have reason to question it? Or oh, it just- absolutely. Why? Most kids who are adopted, depending on the circumstances, their birth date is the day that they're adopted. They keep the year, but their birth date is the day that they're adopted. I see. So I would have hated for 30, now, 34 years, right. to have celebrated my right. birthday on August 31st. Right. All of a sudden, you're a February August, baby, right, birthday, right. baby. Right. I'm August, I'm August, you know, 1st or September 3rd. But, you know, it's like, wow, right. hey, you know, so that was, she's like, no, yeah, August 31st, 72, you know, and she started asking all these questions. So she's like, so you're real, real fair skin, right? And I was like, mm, no. She's like, wow, you were so fair skin when you were born. Uh-huh. So all these questions. And so that was, you know, the Monday after Father's Day, 2006, mm-hmm. and uh, I had an opportunity to to move with work anywhere because um, my company was uh, overseas. So I decided to move to Massachusetts to see if we can foster a relationship. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Take me back to the conversation for a minute, though, before you go. Yeah. What other kinds of things were you curious about? What did she ask about you? My parents. Yeah. She asked about my parents and, you know, they weren't, they, she knew they were good people, uh-huh. but just my upbringing. Did I go to church? Schooling. You know, she was searching for the yeah, signals that she for, had made the right decisions. Yeah. So I found out, you know, that I, I had all the questions. Why? You know, she got yeah. pregnant at 16. She tried to hide it. It just wasn't going to work. And then people started finding out. And she was like, they're like, you know, you don't have to have this baby. She's like, yeah, I do. And I said, was it hard? She was like, hardest thing I've ever done. Wow. She's like, yeah, but. Did she tell you why she felt like she had to have the baby? Due to the, cir- to due to the circumstances of the pregnancy, you know, growing up, you think. You know, you were given up for a reason. I mean, you never know what that reason is. And I always think of the worst. You know, in my head, it was the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm a product of incest or, you know, you just think of the worst. And, yeah. and it was, it wasn't incest, but it was rape. You were the product of a rape. Product of rape. So it was like, wow. Now, to me, it was like, you would have terminated that. But she was like, you know, due to, due to the circumstances, I felt like I had to have you and give you a shot in life. So it was that's like, incredible. Man, that's huge. Yeah. Huge. Wow. Yep. That's circumstances that I probably didn't find out. I found out a year later. After you had moved? After we had, yeah, and we have visited and yeah. She became comfortable with chatting more openly. Yeah, Yeah, that's a big thing. You don't drop that over the phone. You don't drop that over the phone. Absolutely. So take me there. You're at 
Are you at her house? Take me to the first meeting first and then meeting. let's get to how first you found meeting. out. Um, so we're going up to visit. My, I wound up picking up, I have two sisters. Um, I wound up picking up the oldest girl, who's technically now the middle girl, from college, from Becker College. Mm-hmm. So I met her first and we drove into Boston. And uh, it was, you know, opened the door and mom just hugged me. And then she hugged my wife and then we came in and, you know, we were like monkeys. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because everyone's got like this huge birthmark Mm -hmm. and uh, just matter where it is. But it's the same shape, same kind of coloration. So, Uh you know, we're looking at each other and, you know, we're looking like, who's got this big birthmark? Who's got the gap too? Who's got the lazy eye? I mean, it was just. Just all picking at each other. It was absolutely. It was, it was, my wife's like, oh my gosh, think about it. You know, the, the baby that you gave up that you held, you know, for a couple of days, two days now is back pretty yeah. much in your in your arms again. So there was a lot of catching up. Yeah. You, know, you put your eyes on them and you got to... She told me the story later too that she would make a cake every year and called it the end of summer cake for the girls. My birthday is August 31st. So she would always have the end of summer cake. Mm-hmm. And the girls were like, why are we having this? What's up with the end of summer cake? Well, that was my birthday cake. For years, that's how she would remember me by uh-huh. making a birthday cake. And I get choked up every time I say it. Yeah. That's but it's powerful. deep. There's a lot to the decision. Oh yeah, to see a pregnancy through, to provide a child oh, yeah. an opportunity to live, to thrive, to find other parents. Yep. Yeah, and it was that's amazing. Yeah, I think about it, and I, you know, and I and I I talk to her. We talk often, mm-hmm. and she's an absolute nut. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a an older having an older friend relationship than it is a parent. Right. Child relationship. Yeah. It's, you know, we talk about everything and, you know, just there's no, the language is crude. It's crass. And right. It's, because you're both old we're enough. We're both old enough. That you know who you are. Absolutely. She knows who she is. Absolutely. You've reached that point where you can pretty much say anything, anything you, want, you want. Right. And, and it's like, this is and you're me. not going to be judged. It. Yeah. Not be judged. Yes. Absolutely. You know, it's Absolutely. not like. Sometimes I'll say the S word around my dad. My biological dad's, hey, hey. It's like, you know, even though I'm grown, kids, house, yeah. mortgage, it's still, hey, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, a so, respect, man. Right, 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 right. right. But now yeah. it's, you know, with, with my uh, birth mother, it's like, just whatever comes out, comes out. Yeah. And there's no animosity either way. Yeah. It's just, hey, this, it is what it is. That's amazing. Grown. You touched on something really interesting, too, there. The fact that while she's your biological mother... She didn't actually do the parenting piece. And that's that was her choice based on the circumstance. But it's really a, a nice distinction there between your adopted parents who were there for every game and every fall and every hug and every tuck in good night and all of that stuff. That's the parenting piece. And the biological parents, we're lucky to find them and we're lucky to forge a bond. But it can be incredibly challenging to to reach back. You want to tell them about every game and about every fall and you just can't recover your history with them. So you just have to start from where you are now. You do have to start from where you are now. Yeah. But that's funny that you said that because for for a while I told my mom, I said, you know, I just have to cut the family off. Mm-hmm. She was like, really? I said, absolutely. Take a step back. I did. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a good long six to eight months. Mm-hmm. They didn't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had an instant family over a letter and... I couldn't take it. You know, I don't want to say I was depressed, but it was so much to take in. It was almost sensory overload. Yeah, it's life-changing. It's it's absolutely life-changing. And everyone wants pictures of your children. Everyone wants to know what you've done, where you've been. They want to compare now their lives to what 
now this second child that they knew about and I'm theirs. Yeah. I'm their flesh and blood and they and they want to know everything about me, but yet also want to bring me up to speed on everything that they've accomplished and done in their lives. I don't need to know that. Yeah, it's a lot to take it's in. It's too much. You're to sipping take from in. a fire hose of family Absolutely. history. It's really hard. Yeah, you're right. You've got your own family, wife, two kids, job, your existing life. My existing life. And you've literally laid 35 years of history of other people's lives Absolutely. on top of that. Yeah, it can be incredibly challenging. And it has there's no... a lot of people that do actually take that step back. Mm-hmm. And there's an evaluative process, I think, that people go through. What is it that I need right now? And who is it that I need to be bonded with? Is it just the biological mother or father or whomever, whomever you've connected with? Or can I take in more people? Is my heart open enough? Have I learned something that has either closed me off or let me open up whatever? It's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Yeah. I decided that I was. It was just the biological mother. That's all that I could muster. Not. I don't, I don't want to say to deal with. That's not the right word. To take in the yeah. strength yeah. and the sort of. I needed because I wanted to know who I came from, who I look like. Mm-hmm. That's it. I I found the cradle of civilization for me. Right. In a nutshell, this is where my existence this is where my existence. So for me, it was. It all starts and ends with her. You know, if I never found out anything about anybody else in the family and I just had her her story, whether it was right or wrong, it would have been the Holy Grail for me because that's the person who made that that decision. To me, that's where it begins and ends with. So I'm happy with the decision that I've made. I'm in love with my my family, my sisters. But yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your adopted family. How how did they react when you found her and we went up there? How did your brother, your mom and dad everyone's take everything? Abs- how- everyone's absolutely fantastic with it it mm-hmm. was my decision it's yeah. apps for a while i i was i was kind of taken aback i didn't give them as much information about you know i didn't want to bring it up because i felt like it was a slap in the face i did i felt like you know i went and found this person and it's not like we're going on vacations i'm not flying them <laughs> to yeah. stay with me right but i still felt like she wasn't there for everything you know there was so much that i've gone through in my life she wasn't there for any of it and you were so it was hard to kind of balance that but they were completely like that's you that's your that's your beginnings. We, we understand that. We completely understand that. So however much you want to give us, if you don't want to give us any at all, mm-hmm. it's completely up to you. That's great. They gave you the space they to figure space. it out and then you want to let send you pictures decide. from when you were a child mm-hmm. that we have, you know, you can do that too. It's yeah. up to you. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that because then I feel like I'm on the other end with my adoptive mom bringing, do I need to go back with her with all my hit? I don't, you know, she wasn't there for that. She, she came in when I was 35. You know, we've talked about a little couple things in my childhood, you know, big events, but we've pretty much started from the time that we met. That's great. Let me ask you about, there's an interesting component here of your biological mother's family, Donna. She had kids in her family before you, quote unquote, showed up, came home. There was a child who was the oldest before you showed up. And as you've said, that person is now the middle child. How was that for her? Do you know? It didn't. It didn't. Didn't affect her at all because I'm not. I'm not there. It's different. She was a freshman in college. You know, I'm kind of like yes, I'm her big brother. You mm-hmm. know, when it is just nothing but love. But it's more of again that friend, close, close friend. But being 18, I can be there for you from that point on, mm-hmm. and and we have. And along those lines, I think it's probably also important to think through, there's a significant difference between the mind of a child who is 
the older sister to someone younger than her, and her mind is not quite able to wrap itself around the idea that another kid is coming in and is going to present themselves as now the oldest. oldest. You're now, you know, 18, 19, you're in college, you're of the age and the mental maturity to be able to say, there may be more to my family's history than what I was previously aware of, and this person has come in, and that's part of that story. And that's and part of that story. It's good that some people are able to, you know, have a healthy, healthy outlook on that. Oh. Not everybody can. No, but I didn't come in as, hey, you know, I'm back. You know, right, 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 <laughs> right. No move, over. move over, right? right. No, no, that's it was, good. There was none of that. It was, hey, you know, I would love to be part of the family in any capacity. You don't even have to call me brother. I just want to be part of the family. So looking back, this was quite a journey. Absolutely. What would you do differently anywhere along the way? I wouldn't have done anything differently. I thought when I was younger, I had, I had thoughts when I was in high school of finding my birth mother, fleeting moments, yeah. more of, you know, I got mad at my mom and dad for something, maybe grounding me or something. Yeah. And I thought maybe, you know, ah, he's not my birth mother. I absolutely wouldn't have the relationship that I have now after having kids and being a parent and knowing what being a parent truly is. Then if I would have found her at 19, then finding her at 33, 34, yeah. 35. It might have intruded in a different it way than being re- well-received. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be pure to me because I think I would have done it out of spite and I wouldn't know. I don't, I didn't have the maturity level. I mean, there's so many things that I still, so many hurdles I still had to jump through as a, as a person, as a man, as a husband, as a father that only can you know going through your going through a pregnancy with your wife that whole beauty of bringing a child into this world now you know what that's about i, I could have done that at 19 i could have done that look for somebody you know it would have been like well you abandoned me you left me you you know it would be more emotional from a teen sort of raging hormone poorly developed brain state than the place that you are as a 33-year-old male who has established himself, uh, gotten his mind right, and has now made the decision to seek biological family members. And realize that she was young. And to think that, you know, here it is when I was 19, thinking like I could look for her and she gave me up when she was 16, having been a parent and going through childbirth with my wife and having kids. Seeing that now, what she had to go through at Mm. that age. Yeah. Pretty much by yourself. I would have changed anything. I'm so glad that I started my journey at that at that age, haven't been mature enough to handle any situation. Because if I would have found out what I found out at 34, the reason why she gave me up, I would have flipped. That I was a product of a rape. I would have flipped at 19. And it, it, our relationship wouldn't be what it is now. I think that's right. That's good. So I wouldn't have changed anything at all. Well, I think I went down the right path. I think your story is phenomenal. I mean. It's not everybody that can find out some news like that and proceed in a healthy way. You got yourself into a place where your mind was right to receive whatever news was coming. And um, yours wasn't the easiest news to take. But, you know, you're a healthy, well-adjusted guy. And, and it's, it's a testament to both her decision to make an adoption plan for you as much as it is a testament to your own family raising you in love and uh and who you are as a man you're you're a phenomenal dude and i'm really really glad that you were willing to share your story with me today anything for you (laughs) because it's our story every every adopted child has a story uh and and when someone says you're adopted you automatically just you're a kindred spirit with that person no matter who they are you know you say hey i'm I'm adopted you're like what 
Really? I, I'm adopted too. Yeah. And that bond it's to a complete stranger I know. is immediate. Yeah. There was a woman, and uh, I'm going to have her on the show soon, that uh, her name's Laura. And she and I used to see each other at work. And when we bonded over being adoptees, I mean, I just hugged her every single time I saw her. You know, because that was just the thing that made us really unique. All right. Well, I, I appreciate you coming, man. This has been fantastic. Hey, it's me. I love my man Dre very much and I was so honored and thankful that he shared his story on this very first show. He covered some challenging topics like how his family discussed his adoption with his brother, their biological son, facing the challenges in the legal system that prevented him from gaining access to his information in his own adoption records, and something that many adoptees have justified concerns about, learning the truth about how they came into the world and why they were put up for adoption. I hope you'll find something in Andre's journey that inspires you, validates your feelings about wanting to search, or motivates you to have the strength along your journey to learn. Who am I, really? This episode was edited by Sarah Fernandez. If you would like to share your story of locating and connecting to your biological family, go online to whoamireallypodcast.com slash share.